Welcome to Highland Football Weekly with Ian Ault. Hope everyone is keeping safe during an extended three weeks of lockdown, especially in Scotland. And whilst everyone remains in lockdown, we've got another cracking podcast for you. Episode 17 this week, we catch up with a guy who spent four and a half years in the Highlands and played on both sides of the Keswick Bridge. John Rankin started out at Ross County, spent three years in Dingwall before a year and a half at the Caledonian Stadium. And I think it's fair to say he was a fan's favourite on both sides of the bridge. Scored some big goals for Ross County and scored some big goals as well in a short space of time at Inverness Cali Thistle. He went on to play for the likes of Hebs, Dundee United, Falkirk and indeed still playing at the moment on the books of Clyde as well as combining a coaching role at Hearts. We're going to focus on his time in the Highlands though. Great chatting to him. Hope you enjoy this one. Episode 17 with John Rankin. John, it's a pleasure to welcome you to the podcast. Welcome, and uh, how are you surviving as a, a player and a coach during lockdown? No, I'm, I'm surviving pretty well just now. I just try to take my mind off of it, uh, keep myself uh, fit regularly, try to do some, some runs daily, uh, which is probably a wee bit of a problem for me considering I've got uh, the plate and the screws still in my, my ankle from last, last year, but... Uh, getting through it just now the coaching stuff obviously you can't go on the pitch to coach so I'm kind of writing sessions up and trying to keep on top of it keep it all based on the, the computer now uh, so I'm getting on top of that so it's, it's actually been, been interesting times but ones that I just hope everyone can come through uh, in the best of health Absolutely as a you know as, as someone who is trying to keep over tick over their, their fitness are you still managing to get you out for your one daily exercise as per Boris Johnson's is it difficult sticking to the one? No, it's not, to be honest. No, I've got a golf course at the back of me, so it's actually not too bad. I'm, I'm out there uh, early in the morning getting that done. So if I can get, I, I, I tend to find if you can get it done in the morning, then it's, it's a hell of a lot easier and helps you with your day. But if you can leave it all day, you're, you're actually breading going. So you're better just to get out of my bed and go. So I've been doing that uh, early in the morning, and then that kind of keeps me going for the rest of the day because I've got like, business calls and, and different things going on throughout the day. So it's, it's quite... It's, it's been interesting and it's actually helped me uh, kind of probably make my, my ankle a wee bit stronger with regards to, to, being, to be able to do something every day because you, you need to get out, you can't stay in the house. Yeah, I was thinking about that I mean, earlier on. Um, you know, footballers who might have, what, in maybe January, February, had an injury might have been ruled out for the season. Whereas now, well, who knows what lies ahead and, and, and when the season will resume. In certain leagues, I know that the season's over, but... It allows everyone a, a time to recover, recuperate, and indeed, kind of, you know, think on and, and and think about, you know, take stock of their their situation and their own lives as well. I de- it definitely does. I mean, I, for the for the ones that are they're just being injured and needing obviously physio treatment and stuff, that uh, becomes slightly more difficult. But someone like myself that's just in their well, just basically overcame it and, and nearly getting back, then gives me an opportunity to make it stronger and, and get it back to what it should be, uh, probably not had that opportunity or that chance to, to fully get it uh, rehabbed although I was out for, for a period of time but uh, now it's it's a chance to, to get it as strong as I possibly can and then see, see what happens after that Now uh, I must explain to those of uh, those listening normally we record one to one 
sometimes I've been doing it over the uh, over WhatsApp chat, uh, Skype, FaceTime, audio, etc. This is the first time for me that, uh, so apologies John, because you've got to look at my ugly mug uh, over Zoom. Uh, for the next eight hour or so, it's, uh, I've had to actually go for a shower this morning. Normally, I just record at my jammies, which has been brilliant. So I've had to go for a I had to go for a shower this this afternoon. Uh, John, we're going to look back over your over your career at Ross County and Cali Thistle. We could probably talk all afternoon uh, about your your career. Um, you've you've played for some of the the biggest clubs in in the country, including Hibernian. I'm obviously a massive jambo, so um, that's the first time I've described Hibernian as a big club. The first for me. Uh, John, we're going to take you back to 2003. You you joined Ross County. Uh, first of all, leaving Manchester United, I, I worked for for Cali Thistle for a couple of years, and it was always a difficult time at the end of the end of the season when you saw the first team manager talking to youngsters who some some of whom will have been kept on, some will have been released. Always a tough time of the year. You left Manchester United. Uh, as a as a youngster, first of all, uh, tell us about that process, how difficult that was, and then you know your 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 route going forward, how you went about then going to try and find a club. Right, uh, well, it, it came about. I think it was two thousand, as you say, two thousand and three. So it would have been two thousand and two at Christmas. It was building up, and I was the reserve team captain uh, at that time, and I was getting to the, the stage where you're looking at where you're going and what your next move is. So it was just before Christmas, and we're, we're getting. A, we always get the time off because the first team trained and we were we were away. So I came up the road. Yeah, sorry, just before I came up the road, I, I went in and seen the manager at the time. So I went in to see the boss and I asked him basically what what his plans for me were going forward. This came after a training session with a few first team players, and, and I realised actually it was only it was like three oh and three, and I realised how far off it actually actually was. And uh, he. The manager told me that I would be if I was getting kept, or if I wanted to stay, I would play in the Carling Cup. Uh, but I would, it didn't see me as a, a week-in, week-out Premiership player. Now I fully understand that. I fully understood it at the time because, as I said, I took part in that session where I thought, "Wow, I'm a good bit away here." So I was never a Manchester United player. I never, I never deemed myself as one. I was a youth team player and a reserve team player. Uh, so the next step for me was to get first team football. And when I left United, I didn't think it would be as hard is what it was to get a club I can remember going up to Aberdeen and uh, I chapped Steve Parsons' door as I was going up as a trialist and uh, I could tell by the way he looked at me that night that, that I was too I wasn't his cup of tea but it came out and Steve actually spoke to me and says listen he was looking for a big bruiser rather than a football player which is, is fine I don't have any any problem with that it was his type at the time so uh, I, came back, I was on my way back from Aberdeen and Alec had phoned me Alec Smith asking me to go to Ross County uh, now I deemed that as a, a lot of people look at it and go if you went from Manchester United to Ross County I deemed that as a step forward because I was going from as I said a reserve team player to a first team player and getting an opportunity to play week in week out so I went up had a look round about the place uh, met Alec who I knew anyway from Scotland Youth set up all the way to the under I think it was 20s at the time and then I met Roy and when I, when as soon as I met Roy I was, I was sold uh, he was very ambitious knew where he wanted the club to go had a, a, a forward thinking mind knew where he wanted to take it and had a plan in place and that grasped me it really did it grabbed me and I thought I want to be part of that and, and that was it and I knew the, the players that Alec was talking about at the time like I mean obviously Don Don was part of that and I could see that Don's potential just with, with joining the club and I thought you've got Don you'd uh, Stephen McGarry who was always a big personality and still relatively young uh, and then you had Craig Campbell uh, Sean Higgins Steve McKay and then he, 
he was talking about bringing in players like Jamie McCurney, Stephen O'Donnell, David mm-hmm. Winters, and I thought if you can bring them in full time, that's a massive, a massive part of a, a good young side and just need experienced players. And Alec was, Alec was saying that he says, "Listen, if I can get a lot of young boys." on board and then it's just a case of getting the right older ones and listen Jim Laughlin and, and Jim Hamilton were two massive characters in that dressing room and guys that we, we, I fully looked up to and learned from so to come up there and, and and be part of that I thought that's something I wanted to do so it wasn't a big decision for me it was one that Alec had said to me when I was there on trial listen John you'll play the first game of the, the, the season and then after that it's up to you to keep your jersey and although I was only 19 at the time I thought you know that's what I need I need that pressure of being down to you and I wanted to become I don't know, I wanted to become a man basically and speak, play man's football week, men's football week in week out and, and that's what Alec could give me and that opportunity was, was too, too hard to turn down Quite similar to Sean Higgins in a way because he explained to us a few weeks ago he was at Leeds United and then the opportunity to go up to Ross County, he went up as a as a, a youngster, obviously, in a youth contract, and then worked his way into the first team very quickly. Moving to, um, I'm assuming that it was Inverness he stayed rather than, than, than Dingwall, but moving yeah, up to the Highlands. Actually, yeah, I lived, I, I, I like it, uh, to begin with, I went up in the hotel, I think it was the Crown Court at the time. Okay, I was yeah. in there for a few, a few weeks, and then there was an opportunity, so one of the boys had moved out or moved on. It was near the, it was near the end of one of the seasons, must have been the 2002-2003 season and uh, it, there was a space in, so it was in the house I was moving in with Stephen McGarry and then Sean Higgins moved into that house as well so it was Inverness we had a had a, a flat so, or a, a house but it was great for me having to be able to live with other people and also that bit of maturity where you're actually living yourself then rather than, than in Diggs in Manchester where somebody's looking after your every move so it was it was the next step for me in my, in my career and when I thought do you know what that's a challenge I need to embrace so it was quite good for me Yeah moving away from well you lived in Manchester for a while so no no qualms of moving up to the islands No I, I, I was type, I was a kind of I was brought up Mairdrys which is obviously 15 minutes from Glasgow and not far from Edinburgh and then I was in Manchester for probably just short of four or five years and then to go from there to Inverness it didn't bother me at all I, was, I wasn't there to sightsee or enjoy the nightlife or enjoy whatever was there I was, I was there to play football and that was my focus at the time so going from, from a big city as Manchester is to, to Inverness was was no problem for me You say that Alex Smith you know gets you involved um, as soon as possible that first season that you're there 2003-04 you're a pretty much a, a fixture in the first team like you say just the, the drive to go and play first team football um, and have such a good season must have been a delight for you to have your kind of first proper season uh, in men's football as you, as you call it there and, and, and play that um, first season and play well that first season uh, I, when I first went obviously you, you're not sure because you're playing as I said you're playing against men but I was I'm an unknown none of the men I was playing against knew anything about me I knew a little about some of them and at that stage it was as I said the next stage in my career and it was one I thoroughly enjoyed and I really I loved, I loved the, the first season. Obviously, the first season is the easiest one because there's no pressure. On, but I found that there was no pressure, nobody's any expectations. I can always remember we went to Stars Park just after Christmas, and I, I tried somebody's. I think it was Steve McKay played a ball down the line. I tried to flick it, flick it on me the outside of my left foot, and one of the foreign boys at the time came through the back of me and nicked my calf. The following morning, I couldn't get up. I, I couldn't actually stand, and I thought something no right with me. And I was, I think it was a Scotland under twenty one game that midweek as well, and I tried to get kind of battle through, 
and then when I went when I posted for international duty they, they found that I'd, I'd actually torn a bit of my cartilage so after that I was never really writing that, that first season and it was it was a problem but it was one that they thought I could get get through uh, and I was determined to do so I, I, as I said it was the novelty of playing on a Saturday at 3 o'clock and there a crowd there and I loved I loved it uh, so I continued to try and, and, and get on with it you, you spoke a wee bit there about the dressing room at Ross County obviously we've spoken to a few of your your ex-teammates as well but Alex Smith gave youth a chance that was one of the, the big things about Alex Smith but he could combine the, the experience and the youngsters as well talk to us about it's obviously your kind of first dressing room in, in men's football you mentioned there you know two big characters in Jim Hamilton Jim Lachlan uh, like say Gary McSwiggan would come in there as well later on uh, yeah. I, I think a year later he, he arrived on the scene but talk to us about that dressing room because like I say we've had a few of your ex-teammates on it it sounded like a bit of a lively one yeah uh, well you David Hanna as well who was probably one of the, the, the liveliest although depending on what day of the week it was he would, he would maybe be a wee bit different uh, and Stuart Taylor as well who was a different type from what the other characters were, but it was a it was good in around the dressing room and, and someone you looked up to. Uh, but the likes you used to love getting in, in the morning because you, you, as you, we said, you had Steve McGarry, uh, who we travelled in with, so you, you'd, you'd see him before we get out of his bed in the morning, and you'd Cammy, who was a massive character in the dressing room. Uh, although I, I, I wish Cammy could have played more part, a, a bigger part for the, the, the Ross County when I was there rather than being out on loan because. I think he would have had a, a special part to play, to be honest, the way he was and the character that he was, that he would have kept things going. Uh, and then you had, obviously, Steve McKay. Conor Gethins was a kind of character at, at that time as well. And, and obviously, David Winters was just, some of the things he would do and his, his moves and stuff, as in dance moves, was, was, would get the dressing room going. So we'd, it was a great bunch. And then you threw Alec Burke into that as well, who was the, who the Glasgow part and a wee bit wise and, and wide. It was it was definitely a good dressing room to be part of, and one that you looked forward to going in. And, and see, to be honest, the dressing room probably got us through a lot of a lot of hard times when when things things weren't going so well, uh, and it kept everyone everyone going. You mentioned that I'm there as well, Don Cowie. Um, Don Cowie is someone who started off at Ross County, much like yourself. We'll come to talk about your time at Cali Thistle later on, Don Cowie was at Cali Thistle for a spell as well, then went down to play down south. He's now, ironically, back at Ross County, but such a classy operator in the, in the midfield. You obviously played so many times with him. Talk to us about Don Cowie. You could you mentioned there you could see his qualities early on, someone who went on to play at a very high level. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm really close with Don now. Don's a, a good friend of mine. But uh, when, I, when I first come up, obviously you don't know what you're getting get into it. And uh, Don was obviously spoke very highly of, and then after I think two or three sessions, I could see could see why, and I thought he's a very good player. He, no, no, he played that many first team games at the time, and then in my first season, he was Don was kind of used more so uh, as a, a coming on or a part a, a part of it, and I never really seen why he, why he was used in that way, but it was maybe just to help him with strength and, and maturity in the game, and then all of a sudden when Don. When Don uh, became a, a permanent fixture, the, the team was a better a better team for it. So uh, his potential was always there. He had great energy levels. He made great forward runs. He was very intelligent on the ball. He was he tried to be positive every time he got the ball. He tried to make a forward pass, and, and that was good. And it was good to play alongside, especially when he came in. It was like a, a three-man midfielder. Uh, 
when he played on the kind of right of it and I was on the, the left of it we had a good understanding and knew when one, one could go forward and, and one one kind of yeah, hung back a wee bit but the, the understanding we had was good it was competitive in training and he was always one who would no matter how he felt he would try and get through training I thought that was a great example to, to show uh, as well he was still a really young boy probably 2021 20, at the time and he tried to get through out in the small knocks and I had the respect for that and obviously he went on to uh, good moves down in England and had a great, a great career in the game and, and still playing at, a, at the highest level so mm-hmm. I mean you could tell as I said at the very beginning he had a, a good understanding of the game because we, we, we sometimes in Scotland uh, because boys haven't come through the top academies and they're, they're judged differently and I never ever thought that of Don he was he'd always he had the technical ability and you could have swore he was he had went through one of the, the, the top academies that second season, your second full season at Ross County, um, again, the side finish mid-table. You lose the, the Challenge Cup final uh, to Falkirk uh, in 2004. Uh, Alex Smith leaves the club at the end of that season. Alex Smith is someone who brought you to the club, then he left after two seasons with yourself. What's your overriding memories of, of working with Alex Smith? Because the impressions we get, I didn't didn't know him personally myself, but the impressions we get from speaking to everyone that comes on, you know, he's a real good, real good football man. Uh, take the football out of it. Alex is a, a, a lovely, lovely man, first and foremost, and then he's a great football person. Uh, he was so so nice, and he looked after everybody. We. The best way to describe it is we were probably looked after as his kids. The, the way he looked after us, and he, I can always remember he, a, a picture of how uh, our flat looked one morning. I'm thinking, how's he got a hold of that? But uh, he just looked after you and, and how how we lived and, and everything else. He was a great great guy, and probably the, the, the second season and coming back, the coming back to it, it was it was a hard one because. Obviously, the, the, the young ones had played the, the first season and were beginning to push on. Uh, I, I think I went in for a cartilage operation as well at some point, which I tried to get through and couldn't any longer, and then my knee locked. And it was disappointing for personally, but then having seen what happened to obviously Alec at the end of the season, and the man in the stature that he, that he held at the club, it was, it was hard. But probably in Alex. Alex time he brought so many young players there and speaking about I was actually speaking about it earlier the amount of players that Alex brought to the club that have went into coaching after that mm-hmm. that's probably all to do and a lot of it's to do with Alec anyway I mean when you look at Stephen uh, McGarry myself Don Stuart Malcolm Stuart Taylor these are all guys that have went into coaching after Steve McKay's the manager of Brora mm-hmm. these are all guys that went into coaching after Alex are part of his reason so it just shows you the kind of the kind of man he was and the example that he set and it was he was a, a lovely, lovely guy, and I was just at that time. I was we were devastated because we knew how much that fag, father figure uh, meant to us. He's replaced by um, another legend of the game, two legends, I suppose, in Highland football circles. John Robertson, assisted by Donald Park. What was your initial thoughts hearing that uh, John Robertson would come in with Parky to replace Alex? Uh, to be honest, we went for kind of, from sadness to excitement, pretty. Pretty quickly. I mean, that, that's what happens in football. That you go over things pretty quickly. And uh, Rob will come in and obviously got Inverness promoted not that long before. I think it was the season, just the season before he got uh, yeah. Cali promoted. So Rob came in and when we hear he's got the job, and you think who's coming with him, and then it was Parking. 
I'd worked with Parkets as a, again with the Scotland Youth Age groups, and I was looking forward to that. And when, when Robbo comes in, he, he filled the dressing room with excitement, just the way he was, and the passion, and just the way he was in the dressing room was, was great. He was completely different to Alex, who was laid back and uh, more of a father figure. Robbo was kind of, I don't mean he was a father. He, he wasn't a father figure, but the way he came in and he, he was part of everything. He, he, he was always in the dressing room. He, he was involved in the lot. He, if something was going on, he wanted to be involved in it. It was just a completely different, a completely different style. But he had Parky there with him, and Parky was when you speak about the people that were into coaching that were under Alec. I think Parky had a, a massive uh, part of that as well. We obviously. Mm-hmm his influence in the, not just on the pitch but on the dressing room as well like he could take you aside he could actually he could slaughter you after a game take stretches off you and then two minutes later he would come and talk to you he would that closeness with the players where he could give them the brutal honest truth but he could give you the loving care that you needed about two minutes after it as well he he was great Robbo was the training was really really good and straight away it, he had changed a wee bit because Robbo he was looking for results and he was hungry to get promotion and everything else, and I thought this is going to be a right good side here and a, a, a good season ahead. Again, we've spoken to a few guys that have played under John Roberts, and I, ironically, uh, in the very first episode, we spoke to Barry Wilson, who played under him and now is a coach alongside him, uh, still at Cali Thistle. Yeah. But his energy and his enthusiasm, you talked about it there at the start of that season. You know, Ross County have a, a real good start. I looked back on it uh, last night over, over my notes. I think the, the first time you lose is the start of October. Um, St. You go, yeah, St Mirren uh, and then yep. uh, Clyde after that now you go on a kind of unbeaten run you lose the two cup ties but County make a real good start to the season did you get the kind of sense that you mentioned there that you know he, he wanted results did you get a sense that this might be something that the start of something special uh, that season at Ross County yeah I did because it, it went from Ali was very big in performances and, and how we played and we were listening to a good right good football on side and some of the stuff we played was really really good but Robbo had a, a, put a ruthlessness in us where he wanted results no matter how you played and if it wasn't if it wasn't going for us that way we'd find another way of, of winning and it was great uh, and we actually I, I firmly believe that we, we thought we had a great chance of winning the league the way we started it and even going on to, coming after the St Mirren game which was a poor result it was how we bounced back Clyde game we lost which was, was a hard one to take it was away from home and then I can always remember going back into training on Monday and thinking that's two bad results, but it's two away games. If we can get um, pick up points back in our home patch, which was which we, we could do, then we get, get ourselves another good run. And it was about putting good runs together because my experience of the championship was a, a good put a couple of uh, good results together and put momentum together, and you'd be laughing to get yourself up the top of the table again. And uh, I think it was that Monday that Robbo decided that he was a. Uh, he was leaving and the, the, the club, club were obviously parting ways with, with Robbo Sad to see John Robertson leave because you spoke about that you know the excitement early on of him coming in were you sad to see Robbo leave? Well do you know, do you know something see, even although we'd lost the two games and the, the, the two previous games you're going to train in the Monday we were actually still buzzing because you're thinking right he's going to try something different today and he'd wee things up his sleeve where he could just change the mood of the dressing room straight away and I thought well here we go and then that happened so <laughs> The way we were in that dressing room, and as I said, we thought we could win the league, and then when that happens, then you start to think, is it real? Is this really going to be? And we're devastated when Robbo left because the place was, as you say, the dressing room, we had still the same characters, but not only that, with the, with the, the 
ruthlessness at the top of the table as well when you're going we could actually achieve something here so it was to have that taken away and, and so early in the season it was it was really disappointing Gardner Spears comes in now um, I spoke to Sean Higgins about that season because well in the end St Mirren run away with the league St Mirren finish uh, 20 points but round about the January February time Ross County were still in with a shout you know it still looked like it might you know might be a a really good fight towards the end of that season a Charlie Adam inspired St Mirren win the championship that season but did you feel that you know did you still feel that it, it, you know you could have a, a part to play in the title running? I well, when it gets to January February time, I think we actually went to uh, Love Street. The game before the transfer window shut, and we beat them one 0 I think Higgy actually scored the winner that day. And you're 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 going into the, the next couple of games and think we've got a right chance of winning the league here. We could put the pressure on. We're in a good position. We're just behind them. Gardner was very. He knew what Rob Owen Park had obviously achieved. Never changed any of it. He kept everything the same, which was which was really wise. And we thought, well, we've still got a chance of achieving something here. And then, obviously, the longer it went on, and then Gardner found out he wasn't getting the job, that became difficult because it set in with disappointment for the players, knowing that Gardner wasn't going to be there after the relationship we'd, we'd built up, the results that we got. And it just seemed to be disappointment after disappointment then. when we obviously lost two managers. But it was... It was really disappointing in, in, in the whole because we thought, as I said, we could win the league and we had a new opportunity and chance to go and push for it. I want to talk to you about the January-February of that season, 2006. The transfer window, as you mentioned there, there was kind of noises at the time that there could be moves on the card. I think St Mirren were one of the clubs interested in you alongside Cali Thistle. Cali Thistle had a bid knocked back a mere 40,000 um, obviously they would come back in and, and get you uh, later on uh, that year for, for more money what was it like for yourself personally at that time knowing that you know that um, there's a bit of a kind of tussle going on as a player you're probably looking to just focus on your on your football see to be honest I was actually fine at that point I think George George Adams had come in maybe uh, he'd a wee, he'd a go at me or, or, or something in the press and questioned what I'd done or so, I thought something else before before a game it was a home game uh, and I, th- I can't remember who it was it was maybe New Year's Day or whatever and we'd won that game and I'd scored both goals uh, and I can remember after the game still being angry about, about what, what he'd said and then you're going forward and I, there was nothing that was quite quite uh, content I knew where I was and I knew what my focus was at that time because I think to myself if, if if I leave County I'm leaving as a league winner because I wanted to win the league and I was very close to, to all the players there but then I went, to, to be honest the Cali thing I, I can't really remember Inverness having a bid or, or talk of that at the time I can always remember if anything it was going to be Doncaster okay, uh, okay. which was a wee bit left field for me but it was, that, there was talk of that at the time and, and that was possibly after the, the St Mirren game actually because until then I had never never heard or never spoken to anyone and it was one of those ones where you're just kind of getting on with things and then uh, all of a sudden near the, near the end of the window the agent had mentioned that Doncaster was maybe an option going near the end and I can remember I can't remember the name of the name it now but see the big hill at the back of the Kessel Bridge yes yes well the transfer window and that day I was up there running because I had to try and fresh my head because I remember thinking at one point I'd got, I'd got up early in the morning there was a text from my agent to say keep your phone on today and I thought something must be happening here uh, so I actually left I left my phone on left in the car and then went for a run up can't, can't remember Ord, the, the name of the hill but 
North Hill, that's, that's the it. one. Yeah, I went away up there out the road, and uh, no, you may—I I wasn't really sure. It never, obviously, I'd, I'd heard the rumours and different things, but I had nothing, con- not no concrete. I rent nothing from my agent or correspondence from from anyone before then. So it was a case of very much uncharted waters for me, and I, I wasn't sure what was coming. I think it's to February. Um, I actually um, I was at the game actually so I'm pretty sure it was February you get called up to the Scotland B squad um, quite rare for the Highlands to, to host a, an international a Scotland match anyway um, Scotland B they play Turkey um, an honour to, to represent your country at any level as you mentioned earlier on you were involved with the, the 21s but at the B level you you play alongside the likes of Stephen Naismith Christoph Berra uh, Lee Miller um, Barry Robson was involved you actually replaced him in the second half an honour to represent your country but also what was it like working alongside two legends of the game and Ali McCoyst and Walter Smith who, who took the team that night I, that was it was it was good and again it was something probably as a kid you kind of dream of like you see Walter on the telly and you, as a kid I know it, certainly for me on a Saturday night it was always Ali McCoy scoring goals on the TV and to be able to work with him considering maybe seven or eight year old you, you looked up to him and you get the chance to, for him to coach you and uh, being involved in an international set up especially in Inverness I thought this is going to be this is going to be really good and as a, it was it was a massive experience for me getting called up to there I can remember going and staying in the Thistle Hotel and it, as you see all the, all the players that were you mentioned were involved and you're, you're going and you think these are all Premier League players I'm, I'm playing the Championship uh, so I, I was determined not to look out of place and and be involved in training and, and, and enjoy it and, and take experience from it which I did I really enjoyed and I thought that the, the benefit that I got from that uh, probably psychologically was, was massive that season uh, your last season at County um, again you, you knock I think you, you, you had in 12 goals that season knocking 12 goals you're at the end of the season you're awarded player of the year for the, the first division and also players player of the year to, to end the season with he touched on it there. Obviously, you would have liked to have won the whole thing, won the, the league title, but to to leave Ross County and end that season with two trophies to your name and away, two awards, but also players player of the year as one that as a I'm assuming as a player you, you you look to because your peers have voted you, you know, the best of the best of the players. That must be a kind of special award for you. I you look back at it at the time it, it was, it was it was certainly a special award. Uh, to be voted by, by the you know, fellow players the, the player of the year then that was it was great but it's alright looking back at that now I'd, I'd rather have the league, the league medal in my back yep. rather than a personal award that's that's the thing of it but like, that season it was, it was one that I, I, I always enjoyed I look back at it and think well I think it was as you say it was 12-13 goals or something from midfield that season it was, I was I really enjoyed it scored a lot of goals I think I scored my the hat trick that in one game as well at that point uh, so it was it was good enough good in a way personally, but and it probably helped me maybe get a move to the Premier League. But at the same time, uh, it was I'd rather swap it for a, a the the Championship medal. And now and look back at it, we have a, gr- a great bunch of uh, teammates and a good bunch of friends with something to, to remember. That summer, two thousand and six, you you make the move to Cali Thistle. You make the move across the Keswick Bridge, and it was funny. I commented a few weeks ago because um, back in the early two thousands, it seemed like the Keswick Bridge was a conveyor belt for Ross County talent to leave 
to leave Dingwall and then end up at, at Cali Thistle. Um, like said, Graham Bain, Richard Hastings, uh, Roy McBain before yourself. Don Cowie would come after yourself. Now, with Carl Donaldson, Ross Straper, Billy Mackay going the other way, it, it seems to have worked in reverse. Summer 2006, you, you move, make the move to Cali Thistle and indeed uh, the top flight. How did that move come about? Well, I mean, I, I, the last game of the season, I can all remember, we were playing against uh, Hamilton away. And by that point, uh, Leachy was in charge. So I can always remember him naming the team. I, I think I always, my number was always seven. I'm pretty sure I always wore seven at County. And then that day he named the team and he named somebody number seven. And it got to near the end and I thought, I'm not playing here. It was like a four-four, whatever it was. And then I was playing off. The, I was playing up front, and I thought, I've not played up front in my career. So it was a strange day for me. So whatever number it was, I could always remember thinking, I'm not playing. But then I ended up up front and a different number for what I was, what I was wearing. And then uh, after the game, immediately after the game, Bleach had done his team talk. I think it was either a draw or we lost to Hamill. Uh, and he had his in on the Monday, but the awards dinner was on the Sunday. So I do he, he came and he's like, listen, you're looking to go to the awards dinner tomorrow. He says, I need to go yeah, to the awards dinner. I've been told I need to go. He's like, right, okay. And then he, so he grabbed me. And I can always remember him pulling me, pulling him into, him pulling me into the toilet at uh, New Douglas Park. And uh, he says, I want you to sign a new deal. And I'm like, all right, okay. He's like, what do you think? I'm like, <laughs> I can always remember thinking, I was like, I'm in the toilet after the last game of the season. <laughs> the last thing I'm thinking about is a contract, <laughs> and uh, it was it was the way it was kind of. I was, I was like, this is happened really, it was really, really strange. So I said to him, "Listen, you need to let me think about this. I'm going on holiday. I'll, I'm, I'll get this awards. I'll speak to you on Monday." So uh, when I went on Monday and I spoke to him, and he's just basically saying, "Listen, I've spoke to you on Saturday. I want to offer you a new contract and see where it goes." And then it was a case of then. Me having to decide what I wanted to do, whether to sign a new contract. I knew if I signed a new contract, then the move would come about. And if I didn't sign a new contract, then it would be a case of I, w- I would probably more more so not be forcing my move, but uh, be, be told I was leaving. So uh, I went away on holiday, and I was actually torn because I had grown so close to the, the boys that I was that were there. Yeah. Albeit, I think Sid was leaving. Steve McKay, Cammy was ready with away. Uh, McGarry had left he'd left the house altogether so it was, it was changing times Jim Laughlin and that had, was when we went back for pre-season we were training for pre-season and, and Lockie and, and Alec Buck were, were away they were leaving as well so the, the people that I'd grown close to were probably and I probably shouldn't have looked at it as that, and that but I did at the time and you're looking at it and then I, I think my my agent at the time had told me that like, I think it was St Mernon were, were interested at that time knowing in January I knew that but they were interested in the summer because they just came up Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a case of how much uh, Ross County had wanted and then I think that was the time I think Yeovil came in so it was a, a bid from Yeovil St Mirren and uh, Inverness and at this point uh, I'd spoke, actually spoken to Roy and, no you may I'm thinking to myself when I, after I'd spoken to Roy and Roy had been through things with me it was, he'd spoke to me after a pre-season game at Neil. Yeah, just me and him on the pitch and it was, it was great it was so refreshing I thought do you know I actually fancy staying Okay. It was just after the game, but then we so I spoke to Roy and I was I was I was dealing, I was dealing, speaking to him and then the next thing you know we played a pre-season game I think it was a Tuesday against Motherwell the Wednesday against Motherwell in Victoria Park and I wasn't stripped and at that point I thought I don't I don't think they actually want me 
want me here that was one of the it was like that kind of time where I'm like mm, strange and then after that it was a kind of it was a mess I can always remember being sent down the road uh, on the, the Sunday to get a flight on the Monday so I get sent down the road I went to get so to go back I was in Inverness obviously to go back and pick up my boots picked up my boots and I get told to, to be, go to Glasgow airport somebody would be in contact with me and then I comes down the road on the Sunday and the Monday morning I gets up and the time of the flight nobody like, communicated with me uh, and I hadn't heard from anyone so I was basically down in uh, an airdrome where my parents stayed so I, I, again uh, it was pre-season I went for a run and I, I thought I can't hang about here I need, I need to go back up so I went back up to go to training I can always remember Leachie saying to me nah you're not training just you go and do your own thing so I ended up having to run from Dingwall out towards the roundabout of the, the Mary, Maryborough yeah 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 I ran to the Maryborough roundabout and, and back in and then done a couple of sprints and stuff in the grass and then at that point I thought I knew I was like this, my, my time's up I, I, I need to go so for my own sanity then the club obviously were, were trying to protect me and, and not get me injured I was a sellable asset and it was a case of right where did I go so at that point I spoke to me it was Cali that were interested Cali were in Italy and I was supposed to fly out there but okay. whatever had happened the two clubs had disagreed and I, I couldn't go so again I'd hang, hang out for another few days and then eventually after training one day I think it was in the gym and I think it was George Adams that came up and says listen you, you, you need to go over the bridge you need to go and, go and sign your contract and it was one of the ones where I, I had a good relationship with everyone up there and there wasn't really what I wanted to do with, as you said earlier like jump ship and go from one side of the bridge to the other that was, that's not what I had in, in my mind I wanted to go probably somewhere else and try and, and try and see what I could, could do without upsetting anybody but it wasn't to be and that, there was the opportunity for me to go and play in the Premier League with a, a well established club like, like Cali at the time that try to try to be established in the Premier League and I thought it's an opportunity it's one that the county probably wanted me to take and, and go now and uh therefore it was, it was time for me to move on and, and I did so uh, albeit I had to move out the, 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 the digs that I was in with the, the boys and, and move elsewhere but it was one I look back at now and think I needed to make that step in my career and, and probably county moving me on and, and different things it was it was, good, it was beneficial for me Cali Thistle are under Charlie Christie and uh, your old marker Donald Parks there as well uh, what's your impressions because the, the thing that that uh, I, I struggle to explain to folk from uh, down in the central belt is Inverness is a small city and when you play for Ross County and you play for Cali Thistle you'll see these guys out in the town you know in and around the uh, Inverness itself and it's not the kind of uh, you know Ross County players don't live well some players do but don't live in Dingwall it's a small area so when you're playing for Ross County, you'll have come across players that play for Cali Thistle. When you're going into Cali Thistle, what's your thoughts? You might have known some of the players going into that dressing room, but there's big characters in that dressing room as well. Guys that have been at the club for years, you know, the likes of Barry Wilson, um, Grant Monroe, Ross Tokley, uh, big Darren Dodds is there. You mentioned Ian Black earlier on as well. There's a lot of a lot of big characters in that dressing room. A, a different dressing room to Ross County? Totally different, yeah totally different with regards to the characters you just mentioned were more mature there was mm-hmm. a maturity about that dressing room there was a a real working team rather than like young aspiring individuals there was more more 
the desire to go and work as a team in graft and different things. And to be honest, when I first went there, they, they probably weren't too receptive of me. Uh, they, they knew, obviously knew what I was about, having played against me. I've been a rival for, for maybe two or three years then. It was maybe a wee bit more difficult for me to integrate into that dressing room. But to be fair, I think after after a wee bit of time, you manage to win them over and gain respect from doing what you what you do. I don't think they maybe looked at me and thought the, the way that I played and the way that County played would, would have fitted into the way they did. And then a lot of them were close, and I was maybe going to be looked upon as taking one of their their teammates or their, their friends' jerseys. But after a period of time, it kind of they were good. They were good with me. And I probably needed that. I probably need because I thought going from one to the other it would be difficult fan wise, which it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was more difficult uh, the boys and improving what you could, what I could do. Because uh, obviously there was a sum of money involved as well, which probably hadn't happened before. So it was it was a difficult time, especially when you get in pre season. And I hadn't really done a pre season. Uh, and you're getting the first game of the season, and, and Charlie's asking you to play. And, they're looking at you and thinking, well, he's not played pre-season. Uh, and then uh, you, I can always remember the first game, the, the goalkeeper goes to throw out a ball and I've read it and I, I win a slight tackle and cross the ball in and Dard scores. And, and from that moment on, I, I kind, Dard was a big character in the dressing room as well. And mm-hmm. when, when he scores the goal and then he thinks to himself, well, somebody's going to provide for me here and maybe add more goals. It, it, they look at it kind of, from a selfish point of view as well. And that kind of helped me settle in proving what you could do in the pitch and then you start to make relationships off it so it was it was a strange time but one that I thoroughly enjoyed the challenge of Charlie puts you straight in as you mentioned that game against um, St Mirren who came up the year before you, you came up against in that championship season Charlie puts you straight in and, and straight away you know you hit the ground running at Cali Thistle um, I covered the, the side quite closely that year and I actually uh, had forgotten about a few results I think you're kind of talking about 10 games into the season and you're drawing against Gordon Strachan Celtic at home and then you go down to Ibrox and beat Paul Le Guin's Rangers 1-0 you know so early on I mean as a player you know when you speak to, to players who move into the top flight normally the old firm come into the conversation because every every footballer wants to come up against the best in the country you're probably no different you know testing yourself against the, the likes of Celtic and Rangers but not only testing yourselves you, you guys were and that season alone, we'll obviously go into talk about a very famous goal you scored. But you guys were were not only taking on the old firm; you were you were beating them and getting results against them. Did that surprise you in that yeah, kind of early stages? No, it, it actually didn't. It didn't. It didn't surprise me because the games, the, the were ones the boys were always looking forward to, and we had two different styles, and that kind of kind of thrown the old firm because we'd won for at home, where we'd go and press and we'd go and be in their faces, and then the one we're away where we'd, we'd kind of sit off it and be very tactful and. And waiting them coming and we'd, we'd be able to pinch it. And the thing that Charlie had, he had energy and he had creativity, plus the fact he'd be any up front who would just continually work his socks off. So it didn't surprise me uh, that we got the results. It was, as, as you say, it was games that I was really looking forward to, especially going to Ibrox and Parkhead. Tyne Castle was another one with the, the stadium. You're looking forward to going playing at those grounds. And certainly early on in the, 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 that season, when picking up results like you said like at home to uh, Celtic when you go and draw and then you go to Ibrox and I think it's October and uh, actually get engaged that night I, when I remember but we go to uh, Ibrox in October and then you, you win it, it sets you up and you begin to get a wee bit of, of confidence and, and ready to think to yourself we can actually go and compete here and maybe get in the, the top six 
uh, which was which would have been great for us at that time. But uh, it certainly gave us a wee bit of belief to go well. If we can go and beat Rangers at Ibrox and, and do and compete with the, the top teams, then surely to God, if we can pick up results against the ones around about us, then we'll be okay. Cali Thistle end the season against Rangers unbeaten. You go and beat them two one in the December, and I always laugh. I always think that. Well, he he had problems at Rangers, Paul Le Guin, but Cali Thistle didn't help um, on the part because Cali Thistle beat Paul Le Guin's Rangers twice that season. You scored a, a very, very famous goal for Cali Thistle against Rangers in that December. Cali Thistle 1-0 down at, um, I think it was half-time. They might have they might have been 1-1 at half-time, but I remember Nacho Novo scored early on. Darren Dodds, who was all who could always come up with a, with a headed goal for Cali Thistle, gets them back in it. And then you score in the the last the, the kind of last the dying moments of the game, ninety minutes. Talk to us about your memories of that goal. I, I watched it. Uh, I watched it back on YouTube uh, a couple of days ago just to remind myself of uh, how good a strike it was. Alan McGregor's in goals. Not a not a bad goalkeeper to beat. But talk to us about your your memories of scoring that goal against Rangers. I can remember. Well, I, can remember, it was, I think it was, I don't know if it was Boxing Day or the day after. I can always remember. I think it might have been the day after. So we played it in Fairman the maybe three or four days before that. And uh, I had actually done okay apart from my final ball that day. It was really, really poor. And I thought, no way you think to yourself, my, my final ball was poor. Then it, it lives. It lived. It kind of stuck in my head, and I thought, right, my final ball the next the next game needs to be really, really much, much improved. Uh, so we Christmas Day ourselves, and then Boxing Day we trained. And I think the, the Boxing, I'm sure it was Boxing Day. Charlie called me in the office and says, listen, I'm going to try something different for you tomorrow. He's like. Since you came, I think I'd scored before this. I'd maybe scored two, three kicks against Falkirk in a game. I, don't, I can't remember if I'd scored again. But it was Charlie was looking for me to score goals. He said that you've, you've not really scored many, many goals from midfield. I said no because I'm playing a four, so I've got to be more kind of disciplined. He's like, right, I've got an idea. He's like, I'm going to try and play you off a side because it used to be what happened was I would play in the middle and then later on in the games if we were, uh, we were winning, I would go off a side and he would bring like, maybe Russell Duncan on or. Roy McBain would go in, in the middle and he would play more defensively but he wanted me to uh, score more goals so he, he says I'm going to play you off the right I don't, I don't know if Barry Wilson knows this but he will now so he says I'm going to play you off the right and we'll play Alan Morgan off the left so I was like right okay he's like for two reasons he's like you can match the full back on that side and uh, you can go uh, you can go forward and, and, and pop a couple of shots away. I was like right that's fine if that's what you want me to do I'm quite comfortable to play on the right hand side so I, turned, I can remember turning up at the game the following night and he, he flips the sheet back and I'm playing wide left and Baz is playing I thought Charlie's changed his mind here so the, 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 the game starts and but the, I think what it partly built up I think Alan, uh, Alan Hutton was fit so mm-hmm. Alan Hutton was obviously going to bomb forward so he wanted me to match that defensively which was fine so I played I played wide left and I can always remember uh, I think the first half I'd hit the post I had a, a strike that was quite close and then uh, Nacho scored a penalty then we came back and, and Big Dodgy scored just before half time and they got into the second half and then it was really it was quite close to the end of the game and I can remember him shouting on to me uh, ranks going over the other side so that was me going to my, the, the, the right where I had been originally told I was playing and, and no you mean like, I was always one for visualising who I was playing against and what I was doing so he put that painted that picture in my head the night before so Morgs had come on and played wide left and I can always remember he stole the ball must just have been about outside the box and managed to, to just I don't know if he's toe poked it or passed it to me just before the halfway line 
And as I start driving, it, it kind of opens up. There was no, no, nobody even came, really came to engage the ball. And as I've lifted my head, I kind of seen McGregor off his line a wee bit, and I thought, I'm just going to, I'll, I'll see if I can get this to dip. And be luck, the ball's just sat up just before I've hit it, and it's dipped at the right time and, and went over him. But uh, after that, I actually went uh, to celebrate. And you know, you're, you're, you're kind of caught up on it because you scored, you scored in the last minute against Rangers, probably. I think it was my first goal against Old Firm. And you've just scored the, the, the last minute winner because you know it's in the last minute because I've already asked the referee how long to go. And the feeling at that point, you're thinking, this is, this is great. This is Because we were bottom of the league because I think St. Mirren got a good result the day before. But with us winning, we ended up jumping up to about eight. And it kind of set us up. And I can always remember looking because I bought my, my wife now, but my mum and a couple of other people were up from they decided to drive up for Airdrie for the game and I can always remember looking into the stand because I bought the, the tickets were behind the goals because I needed four or five for that game and I'm waving into the stand and I'm like I can't see them I can't see them then after the game I can always remember Maria saying to me she's like why were you waving into the stand I said because that's where you were sitting she's like we weren't sitting in there we were behind the dugout they'd sat in their normal seats where they thought they were they'd rather than be in something wow it's just just showed you how you could get into a stadium no ball with tickets that weren't even from that area <laughs> but uh, and then after the game it was really really strange I got back to the uh, I stayed with Parky until my house was ready because I bought a house next to the up in uh, Slack Bowie mm-hmm. and I'd stay, I'd be, I was staying with Parky until the house was ready and so I went back to the house and Parky went down the road it was about 11 o'clock at night and my phone went and it was old Man United kit man a boy called John Campbell who was a uh, a big Celtic supporter and it, it was his number so I answered it and it's, as sure as it God they can all remember the voice Rankin do you know who this is it was it was Alex Ferguson on the phone uh, from John so the two of them had watched the game together and Sir, Sir Alex had phoned to say listen he was proud and he was delighted that he'd managed to score and that part that part of that night was, was just surreal brilliant that's uh, well that we've, we've had a few guys on uh, that I've talked to us about their experiences with Sir Alex Ferguson. Brian Irvin played under him uh, back in his Aberdeen days and, and talked about how much of a people person he was, and that kind of sums it up, you know. He's probably sitting yeah. preparing for a Man United game, maybe the day after, I don't know, uh, day before, sorry. And, uh, you know, he's still able to pick up the phone to one of, uh, you know, someone who's played under him. That's that's brilliant. That that season, yeah. as I mentioned, there's, there's one more thing I want to talk about that season because, uh, again, it's against the old firm. Uh, Scottish Cup quarterfinals. You play Celtic on the Sunday. Uh, Cali Thistle, probably right. You probably touched on it there. Since your goal against Rangers, they kind of kicked on after the the turn of the year. They take on Celtic in the quarterfinals, and Graham Bain scores early on, and it looks like Cali Thistle are going through. And I think Stephen Presley scores the equaliser. Kenny Miller scores the winner. One of the two. Uh, you know, uh, maybe, maybe I think it was Miller got the winner, but needless to say, Celtic go through to the semis, and I've never seen Charlie Christie so guide after that final whistle. That must have been a, a real kind of sore one because for Cali Thistle to get to um, the, I think Rangers were knocked out that year as well, so to get to the semi-finals uh, must have been a a, a kind of real uh, sore uh, one. Yeah, I, I think at that point it was either St Johnston who won the, the championship or Dunfermline that was it was in the next round if mm-hmm. we get through because mm-hmm. I. Uh, that was devastating I can always remember that day absolutely devastating because you're going for it and you're getting to near the end and I can always remember Tommy Gravison who came on and he's asking the referee how long to go how long to go and I'm thinking we've done this 
we've nearly done this and then the next thing you know Presley scores for a corner and then see at that point the concentration levels in ourselves just went because you're, you're devastated you think you're in the semi-final of the cup you've knocked out probably the biggest uh, competitor in the tournament still and you've got a chance of probably well we, we felt we had a chance of, especially if we went to Hamden in a big pitch like we had at, at Cali and, and going to probably win a trophy a first major trophy and that was that was hard to take and it was devastating and I remember being addressed room after the game just being so bold because to get to within touching distance to a semi-final and then that to happen it was that was really really it was it was poor it was poor game management for ourselves but uh, emotionally it was terrible I remember uh, as I say I remember Charlie being so gutted after that uh, after that game Charlie Christie leaves the club three two maybe sorry three two games two games into the following season Charlie is always someone knowing Charlie is very passionate about um, about Inverness about Cali Thistle and I think he took it quite quite personally at times as well defeats he leaves the club uh, around about uh, the start of the 2007-8 season your thoughts on Charlie leaving he's eventually replaced by Craig Brewster well obviously Charlie took me to the club and gave me an opportunity to play in the Premier League so when he, when he went you're not really sure what's coming next because Charlie was a, a Cali man and he'd been there for years and a real fan's favourite as a player and then plus he takes the club and has some great results and a good league position the previous season just unfortunate that we never maybe started the season too well uh, the second the second year I think our first home game was against Rangers if I'm right and then we, we lost that so that's a hard that's a hard hard game but after the international break you're always kind of uh, you think having started the season difficult you play that you get the international break and once you, you get that out of the way you can start putting a run together because I think if, 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 I think it was Cali away sorry Rangers away, Rangers at home Hibs away Celtic away I think that was maybe a three or first four games and I, I think this looks difficult but you just need to overcome that and then Charlie obviously decided to to, to leave and then I was gutted for him when you're looking back at it now I mean he had the dress room and it was it was a strange thing and then uh, Craig gets appointed and you, you hear things of how he's been in the past and what, what's, what's about to come you're obviously uncertain because I had never worked under him so it was going to be a challenging time when that happened I want to talk to you about a player that season um, Marius Nikolai he only played for the club yep. uh, for one season there was a lot there was a lot of kind of uh, a lot of fuss made about his transfer at the time uh, a guy that you know having seen him play looked a kind of classy operator he scored a uh, a lot of goals for Cali Thistle that season. What was he like as a, an individual? I mean, he came in with a, a pedigree. I want to see he went on to, I think he went on to play in Euro 2008 uh, after he left Cali Thistle, but he, he had a, a big pedigree having played on the in Europe uh, for some big clubs as well. What was he like as a as a player and an individual? As an individual, Maris was a great guy. He was a really nice, really nice guy. Got towards get, get involved in the dressing room pretty quickly decent about the place I think which was di- what was difficult for Marius was the fact that how documented his wages were mm-hmm. and how much more he was on in comparison to anybody else which we were nowhere near that uh, and I think for what the boys had got the club to achieve like I think Dards and, and uh, Dodgy had left that summer because of lack of funds and then you go and sign somebody like Marius and pay them the money that's rumoured to be paid I think the boys had a wee bit of a gripe with that because that was that was massive and then when he comes in I don't think he's, you, you talk about the goals he scored I don't think he actually scored a goal until a home game against the uh, Hibs in December. December Yeah. 
Uh, so at that point, you're looking and you're, you're looking for somebody on that sort of money and that pedigree to be come in, hit the ground running, and and start really pleasing us and, and thinking, right, you know what, we can we can resort to him early in big big bucks because he's one hell of a player. But he never really proved himself early, and, and that became difficult for him, and it probably became difficult for us as well. Uh, but my, my, I got on really well with Maris. He's a good guy, a good personality, and he was prepared to work. It just it was unfortunate it didn't work out for him. But listen, since then, I've seen it a, a few times when people come in and uh, they've got a good pedigree, and they've got really, really good reputation. But when they come to Scottish football, it's just different, and they're <laughs> trying to adapt it. A lot of people can't. Aye, we all know the uh, ups and downs of, of Scottish football. Um, you, you spend a year and a half at Cali Thistle, your, your time comes to an end in January 2008. Um, before you be, before you sign off from Cali Thistle, you score, you score some important goals. Uh, that December, I, I want to say Craig Brewster wins manager of the month for December. Cali Thistle had a fantastic December, end of 2007. You um, score as Cali Thistle come from 2-0 down at home to beat Celtic 3-2 in quite an incredible game. Cali Thistle end up with 10 men. David Proctor gets sent off. You then score the week after. Uh, Cali Thistle 2 up, but score a last-minute winner at Tynecastle against Hearts. You score as well, and then you score against Gretna in your, in your final game for the club. But but I think those, those kind of games uh, typified Cali Thistle at that time. You know, they could go... They could have some brilliant results, not only against the old firm, because that game at Tynecastle uh, was was quite an incredible game as well. I remember Lee Wallace ended up in goals. Uh, your spell at Cali Thistle, year and a half, you know those kind of results. Does that kind of typify the the way that that team could perform? Aye, it was there was a spirit there where they never they were never beaten. They just continued to plug and plug and plug away, and then eventually something would happen. I think that what I learned at that point was it doesn't matter how you play or what your tactics are if, if you get 11 bodies that are, are all together and at some point you're determined not to concede at some point you'll get a goal and that that was a, a, a steep steep learning curve for me because I always looked at players how they were technically and you looked at them and you went oh he, he's average or he's okay or oh, he's, he's not great at this but if you get 11 players that can work and then you can somebody can produce something at a certain time in the game then you've got a great chance of winning and that's what that Cali team had they had energy and they had pace in the wider areas. We had players that could could score goals out of nothing, like you, Baz. Uh, I think he became. I think Don had played most of the time in the right hand side that season, and you'd Baz. You'd uh, obviously still uh, Benny through the middle, but at that point you had players that could score. Maris was Maris came in as well, which was was always great. And then we, defensively, I thought when when, when Dodgy went, this could be a, a struggle, but Big Grant stepped up. And, and done really, really well. So it was it was a club that always knew how to get results and how to go about winning the battles first and foremost, and then and then getting the, uh, getting the, the three points in the end. It was always it was always a battle, but always one that you kind of we enjoyed anyway. That January, you move on to to Hibs. Um, contrary to what I said at the very start, there's no there's no doubt in Hibs are a are a big club in this country. The opportunity to to join a big club in Hibernian uh, too good an offer to turn down in that January. Well, to be honest, it was probably more, it wasn't more so the January. It was probably before that because Craig had, Craig Brewster had come in and when he's, uh, I wasn't really sure what to expect. 
and, and probably one of the only times in my career I was called lazy was Craig. <laughs> he, 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 he instantly took, I don't know whether it was a dislike or a, a point to prove or something, and said I wasn't working hard enough, I was lazy. So I don't know. It was just a case of then that it, and a few times I was, he asked me to go out on loan. I think one, one was Dunfermline, one was Partick Thistle, and one was Hamill. Okay. Just off the cuff, and I, I'd refuse to go each time. And at that point, I thought, we don't see eye to eye. It's probably best that, that I move on. And I think that was probably more more so of it because when we, we speak about county and uh, how the move came about, at county, I was nearly first about moving. But at Inverness, I was at, at that point, I knew because of what, what, what had happened previously. I think it had maybe happened the end of August, beginning of September, and it continued for. Uh, for a number of uh, a weeks and, and months and then obviously when the opportunity came for me to go to Hibs I, was, I wasn't going to look back but ironically it, it, that showed me that things can change pretty pretty quickly because I, I wasn't part of the Craig's uh, squads a lot of the time and then all of a sudden I get thrown back in and I think as you say there's the Hibs game we won I think it was Celtic Hearts uh, it was like five or six games in a row that we'd won and I'd been, I'd been in, I'd started in and uh it was strange. It just changed so 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 much so, so quickly, and then he was he was at, he was allowing me to keep keep me at the club and, and trying his best for me to stay and offer me a new contract and stuff. But at that point, it was already broken. If you know what I mean, it was a straight. It was a, it was one more year. Well, that's already happened, and you can't really sweep that under the bridge. Uh, so it was one of the ones where you look at it and you're like, right, now it's time. It's time for me to, to move on. And I can always remember that before the. The, it was a Scottish Cup game at uh, uh, Easter Road That's right. and we were ready to go to the, the, the game on the Friday and I, I felt my groin and then I, I, I couldn't I couldn't play I was struggling to play in the, it was a Scottish Cup tie, I think I struggled to play in the game and I got a phone call to say oh you're going to you're going to go to Falkirk uh, and then all of a sudden it changed again Like I was told no you're not going to Falkirk you need to get back up the road and then I was unsure of what was going on and because I think Falkirk had played maybe the, the, the Sunday or the Monday against Aberdeen. It was Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not going to be right for this game. I can always remember it. And then, yeah, to go back up the road on the Monday, and what had happened was Hibs and Cali had spoken on the Saturday at the game and, and asked what was happening. And then that was that was basically done. It was just a case of them getting a fee. But it went on for near enough a whole week. So it was one of the ones when you're a player, a, a week's no, no that long, but when you're involved in it, it, it feels like a, a hell of a long, a long time. We probably could talk uh, all afternoon about your career, John. Um, obviously, it's been great to to talk about your your spells at both Ross County and Cali Thistle, and I know that the listeners of this podcast will be interested to to have hear your you know your time at both Ross County and Cali Thistle. When you look back, obviously you went on to play for Hibs, Dundee United, etc. Um, when you look back at your at your time in the Highlands, how do you look back and and sum up your um, your four and a half years in the Highlands? Fondly, fondly. Uh... I loved every moment of it. Uh, Ross County a, was a big part of my life. It really was. I mean, we, I still got, but obviously, as I said earlier, I, I take hearts under 18s. And when we, when we go up, whether it's Ross County or Cali, we're playing at the Highland Football Academy. And we'll always make a point to go in and see Susan. And it's great that, that, that Roy still got the same same people there. David, the groundsman, still mm-hmm. comes round and speaks to me. And it's, that was a massive part of my life for so long. And I've been used to three and a half years I probably spent at Ross County with the time after I'd left left United but thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it and it's somewhere I look forward to like we, we always say we'll take the kids back up and it's somewhere just now 
where I look forward to going in the summer with especially around your lockdown it's that's the kind of place and area I'd be looking to go for a wee bit of a freedom and when I look at Inverness it gave me a stepping stone to get into the to get into the Premier League it really did and, and go and establish myself and prove myself at a, a, a much higher level and it's not none of it's anything I'll ever regret I, I loved every minute of my time in Highlands John thanks very much for your time It's uh, it's been brilliant uh, chatting over uh, an exciting time for Highland football in those years as well but uh, thanks again for your time and stay safe during lockdown cheers Ian thanks very much Thank you for listening to Highland Football Weekly. Before you go, one small favour. If you wouldn't mind telling a friend about this podcast, a friend who would like football and, of course, football in the Highlands, if you're on social media, please like and share. And if you're on iTunes, please leave a comment as well. Just realise that's more than one small favour, but you get the gist. See you next week.